Thanks for listening to Scrum Under Siege. My name's Jack. That's Doug. Hi. We are Scrum Masters, and we dig it. And the topic for today is Beware Good Intentions, otherwise known as Dante's Inferno. That's what we like to call it. Doug? There's a lot of good intentions. Usually you start out with metrics, and this goes into our last topic. Um, You get into release planning and how well your team's doing velocity-wise, and usually that should be enough. You should be good there. You should figure out roughly when you can get what you want out there and how well can you plan into going to the next sprint and, and use that. A lot of what we see, though, isn't leaving that there. There's some other organizational problem or performance-based or delivery uh, metrics that people want to see, and they just want to see more information on it. So one of the things that you know that I call it Dante's Inferno is because you get caught in this. You get caught in this game of... We have all this information. I need to know everything going on, and I don't really, you know, you lose track of when you're releasing these things. You lose track of the purest kind of standpoint of, I just want something out, and I want to know when, and I want to know if it's a ride. Yeah. It's probably coming from outside the team. As Doug said, it could be coming from management at some level or another. It could be coming from finance, wanting some more number crunching because that's what they like to do. So, uh, you know... That's kind of where we're talking about. Yeah, one of these things that... Here's a couple that I've just seen, just throughout the companies I've been at, and it's... And I understand why sometimes. I just... It never leads to what they think it does. So one of the things that I've seen a lot is point per developer. What is your developer on that team producing? So if we have some... Like Joe's on our team. Or you say, oh, Joe, re- Joe gets 16 points for velocity over the last three sprints. And Good job, like, Joe. <laughs> but that's not how you define like your definition of done and how everything goes. There's a lot that goes into getting that story complete. Yep. And you focus on that. And all it is is once you start telling people or they find out that they're being graded on how many points they're getting done, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to game it. They're going to game it, yeah. especially like the examples that I think of in the past. You go in these development conferences too. It's like, line like how many lines of code you get paid on an extra bonus and all that kind of stuff like that's your ratings like that doesn't work yeah. and i mean that kind of leads into like the next one like the capacity nickel and dime mm-hmm. if you are using capacity planning you're going to get somebody at some point that will say well why are these developers not a hundred percent you know utilized why are these hours not at zero like hands the keyboard is all i care about super early on i remember when we first started doing scrum and we were Sprint planning using capacity, and we would we would capacity plan everybody to like zero percent. We always carried over tons of stuff, and we found out really quickly that what were we doing is we were planning those developers to like work on a story the last day of the sprint, and obviously that's that's no way to sprint plan. No, and you just carry over stuff, and people are confused on why there's carryover. Sounded and, right. Sounded right. The right thing to do. Don't it, work. No, no, not a, and that's kind of our examples that we've we've seen. But percent epic complete too. Yep. Like I think there's like a common a misconception about what this is. Like they, from a standpoint of external people that are watching the team, will say like, well, obviously you have an epic with all these stories, and when you're done with that epic, it'll be 100 percent complete. It's like no, we may never do 100 percent. We might do 20 percent, and that might be it. There's later releases. There's later iterative improvements to that product that you come back to it's like that's just not a finite thing that's not yes i have a checklist of uh, eight items that i will always do it's it's 
kind of ludicrous in a way because you get so many people saying, well, that's obviously the answer. It's like, no, no, why are you trying to do this? It could be, too, like if, you're, if you need to report on Epix, too, you know, maybe you got some other things in the hopper, too. Maybe you're working on priority one and then you have, like, priority two or, yeah, you just got a story or two coming in to fill the cracks. Well, your percent of Epic complete is going to be super low and it's not a big deal because it's the second priority. So why even report on that? Yeah, and, and it leads into this other one that I've seen, which is you go story map something. So say, for example, oh, I know it's going to take us 150 points roughly of what we first want to get out there, which is good enough for us. We just want to learn from this product. Well, what you'll get is people, if you're in a project organization, coming back to you and say, okay, so you had that many points and you ended up at 250 for the when you launched it. It's like, your estimating sucks. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> we can't learn anything from it. I mean, that's the beauty of what you're switching to Agile for is to get those early indicators of when might I be able to launch. Like, you can figure that out where in the old world you wouldn't. You'd just be kind of surprised at the end if you hit the date or not and waterfall. But that's not helpful because it doesn't do anything for us now and it doesn't really help us in the future estimate better. It's just... Basically, all of those things that we're talking about is you can... They can be gamed, and in, in a sense, we feel that it's almost you can use those things to punish a team from delivering. Yeah, and, and what is the basics of this one? It, it's really that at the end of the day, you'll start watching these things if, in your, if you're in these positions or you're feeling it right now, and, and you're not going to want to deal with it, especially when your paycheck's relying on it, your bonus, everything else. You'll come back to gamifying it, yep. and you'll do what you need to do to make sure that it looks like it needs to, and it doesn't help anyone. That's not where you get better. And I think one of these other things that I'll go into now, which is like org crosswatch is what I call it. and Very catchy. <laughs> you'll get into things like, oh, I want to know percent complete across like these teams, and it's like, well, what do you mean? Like, well, I want to standardize, like, you know, the goal for our organization is not to have our people overcommit. We don't want burnout. It just seems like people are taking on too much work. Yes, it's very good intention. But if you put in like a percent mandatory complete that you want across these teams, then you get the same thing again. People are going to plan way less than they can. Like they're not going to try to figure things out. They're going to gamify. The, the, the goal is obviously we want to complete everything for the sprint, get it to done, done. But things happen. So, you know, don't penalize somebody because they've completed, because like 19 of their 20 stories got to done done and one didn't that that sounds successful to me and i've seen that happen many times it's, it's not that big of a deal no and then you get into these things like oh let's look at why you're not increasing like the other teams and that doesn't make any sense either i mean there's all sorts of things that can impact you and it you're just looking at a number and not actual situation that's that's going on storming new people that yep. kind of stuff that we've talked about in our last couple podcasts can't stop the storming oh my god good and one. that was a good one it was a great one and then you get into people talking about team comparison like well, why does this team compare you know this has 50 points this other team has 100 this other team clearly isn't as productive and it's like no that doesn't really mean anything i understand what you're trying to say here but no you're trying to focus on the delivery of what you're trying to do and that's where people get so lost in it and it it leads me to my last one that I see often, and I get it, I get it, I do. Like every company has funding and financial models, and you may be more mature for a later podcasts to talk about these run rates and other things that you can do in funding, but cost per point. 
once you start monitoring cost per point and look at efficiencies and how it fluctuates, you're going to lose. You're it's, gonna, a, it's a form of micromanaging it is, is what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something I like. I like some of these right here. Like I know Jack and I've talked about this, but there are a couple that are okay. Like in the pure nature of it, you don't want to keep reporting on it. You just want to use it for an off the cuff thing. So if you story map something and you needed, or you needed to get like a cross commit, yep. cross billing department billing, in in order, cost per point might not be bad. If you knew it was two hundred points worth of something else that you needed to charge them back for for some other wonky thing. But don't monitor it. Use it as a tool. Same with the velocity. Like you want some consistency. You want it to increase, but you don't want to monitor it. Like in the sense of an organizational goal or something else. Don't don't punish a team if their velocity isn't increasing all the time. Because a maybe they did hit their peak velocity, and that's cool, you know. But what you're gonna find is vacations are gonna affect that stuff holidays are going to affect that stuff um you know somebody on the team might leave and then somebody else comes along the new members on the team all that stuff is going to increase your velocity so yeah it's it's a nice good intentions yeah we want our velocities to increase but if it doesn't it doesn't mean it's bad it's an explanation probably right and a lot of it like there are there are things that will be at your disposal and there'll be a problem, which leads in our next podcast. What is that, Jack? Next podcast is Should I Use the Data? Maybe Catchy. you should. Maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> so you can find us on a variety of different publishers like iTunes, which is our favorite, Podbean, which is our hosting one, Stitcher, TuneIn, and several other ones. We always promote on LinkedIn. So you LinkedIn professionals, thanks for listening to this. We appreciate it. Right? Um, subscribe subscribe to these things that's always kind of cool if you're not on LinkedIn give us some feedback Mm -hmm. we try to listen to that Um, if we don't listen to it um, we should we should explain why so (laughs) so leave us some uh, leave us some feedback and we'll we'll figure that out Um, so at the end of the day what we just talked about was you better be careful what you ask for because you just might get it and it might not be helpful Um, With that said, this has been the Scrum Under Siege podcast with Jack and Doug. We'll talk at you later. Bye.